quiet and good order will be maintained in our city to the best of our ability. Riots, melees, and disturbances of the peace are against the interest of all our people and therefore cannot be permitted. We interrupt this program to bring you on behalf of the United States government. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Am I? How are you? Beyond Radio. Beyond. FM. Now, here comes the music. STL, it is Beyond FM. Wow, I got to turn on my headphones. Ah, good evening and welcome to the show. We are back, Beyond FM Live from Gaslight. And First thank you for tuning in. in. 2022. Yeah, what the effing f- fuck is up with my headphones? I'm like really quiet in my ear. Am I loud in your guys' ears? Yeah, you are. Okay, good. Okay, cool. Either way, I can, I can live with it. Hey, good evening, and uh, the voices that you hear tonight, uh, of course, Tencent's uh, took the day off because they're undedicated. <laughs> I have to say it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but the voice that you hear is Patrick Booz, uh, fresh from Vegas. Yes, sir. And, and also... And the Grand Canyon. And the Grand Canyon. And um, our wonderful guest tonight is Buzzkill, and he's in the house, too. So What's up, guys? Man, my head phones do not work. Okay. Say hi one more one more time, Mikey. What's up? Okay, you're cool. Okay, checking your volumes. All right, so uh, welcome back, and thank you all for tuning in. Uh, whether or not you're listening live or uh, in the archives now, we do have a uh, 24-hour radio station. It's called Beyond FM 24-7. Da- 24-7. I want to push the dash in because people fuck it up. Um, you can download it from and- for Android or iOS, and we play 24 hours a day, nothing but St. Louis area artist, and uh, it's pretty fucking cool. And also, guess what? 
What? If you haven't noticed, we have a new website. We do. Yes, and it's called BeyondFM24-7.com. That was the big surprise you were going to unveil on Jeff and Jen and Brandon, but they decided not to show up because, like you said, they're fucking undedicated. <laughs> no, they're they're very dedicated. Speaking of dedicated, uh, one, one of them, I believe, has a Beyond FM tattoo now. Yes, they do. They beat me to the punch. Are you going to get the fa- Are you going to get the Beyond FM logo on your face? No. You were talking about that a while. No, back. I'm, gonna, I'm thinking about getting it on my neck. Oh, you're going to go with the neck one. Yeah. All right. I want to look all thug and shit. Yeah. 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 It'll be badass. Just get the logo. Just don't overdo it. You know, a lot of neck tattoos don't work out too well, and they look kind of shitty, in all honesty. That's coming from somebody that doesn't even have any fucking tattoos <laughs> themselves, so I have no fucking room to talk. Yeah, so. and you just got back from You didn't even get a tattoo in Vegas? No. No, we didn't. I, me and Rachel kind of fucking joked around about it and thought about doing it. And actually, my buddy Mike, who went who uh, went with us, he uh, was sitting there bullshitting around saying he was going to get an entire fucking sleeve done. Didn't see him for an entire day. And then the next day we see him and he's like, oh, yeah, I chickened out. Well, like, I mean, <laughs> you, got, you, gotta, you can't just go somewhere and then get a sleeve done. I mean, it's a sleeve takes preparation. Right. Maybe even months working with an artist and deciding where everything's going and stuff. But getting one tattoo, yes, but a whole sleeve, no, you're going to get shit. Yeah, it's going to be rushed, and you know you got to trust somebody to do a whole sleeve. You know, all I wanted when I was like a, a teenager was to be covered in tattoos. You know, so this would have been like late '90s, early mm-hmm. 2000s, and then <clears throat> as I got old enough to get it done, I started noticing like everybody getting tattoos mm. like you know like i you know teachers and just yeah you know, everybody you would soccer expect. moms and yeah, shit you yeah know what I mean? they're like i got this bird on my wrist because birds are really important to me mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah and so like my whole joke is that like way in the future i'm going to be in like my 70s in the nursing home you know yeah walking around and one of the nurses is going to look at the other one and be like yo you know he has no tattoos the other one's going to look at her and be like wow what a rebel like, you know, <laughs> this is the most rebellious shit I've ever heard. I feel in my like that's life. the way I'm going right now because I, you know, I said the same thing when I was younger. Yeah. I, you know, I wanted to be covering tattoos and I see my friends like saying the same thing, but, you know, they kind of they didn't really get as many as they talked about getting. Mm-hmm. We talked about getting when we were kids. My one buddy's got uh, a chain wrapped around his arm and it's got the one broken link in it. And then. That, and he's got his last name across his shoulder blades. Okay. That's, that's pretty much it for him. And he's like, yeah. yeah, I don't know if I'm going to get any more. His wife, she's got angel wings on her lower back. She's got their kid's birth dates on her leg. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't think she's going to get another one. Yeah. So it's the same. It's just, yeah, everybody, everybody just had a lot to talk about it when we were younger. We got older, and it just never, it just, yeah. It just doesn't hit as hard. Just, yeah, it just doesn't hit as hard after yeah. you're 30, basically. Yeah. Well, plus, you you look at it like, do I want to buy groceries or do I want to get a tattoo? You know, unless <laughs> yeah. you like periodically save, I mean, like put in a savings account or something. And okay, I'm going to get this when I get reached a thousand. I'm going to get this mm-hmm. done, you know. But and then you get to a thousand, you're like, hmm, do I really want to spend it on that? Right. You know, I could go to Vegas. You know, yeah. something like that. But um, I, I mean, I'm a bit older than everyone. <clears throat> of course, we know that. Um, no so sh- I, no I you know, so when I when I turned. 18 it was still in the 80s and if i would have got tattoos then i probably got really stupid shit like skulls and all kinds of stuff i mean not that skulls are bad but i mean just stupid ones 
that, uh, you know, because all my friends were metalheads and everything else, and I probably would have, no telling what I would have got. Oh, I guarantee I would have Den Kennedy's your... lyrics tattooed on yeah. my body <laughs> and like just that. shit like that, you know yeah. what I mean? And Tone's got the rancid and red hot chili peppers. What was your yeah. first one? I don't think I've ever asked you that. What was your first tattoo? My first one is the kanji for father on my shoulder. Nice. Yeah. Nothing big. Nothing big. No. I mean, I had, it's just one of those things like, I'm 24, I guess I'll get a tattoo, you know. And if I had the money, I'd probably be covered in them, but I've gotten too much. I'm obviously spending money on running a radio station and stuff, eating. I've been I've been debating on if I'm gonna actually gonna get one. I've been thinking about it over the last couple of years, like and and then now I'm dating somebody that is mm-hmm. like she's got a lot of different ones. You know, she's got the whole skull and then sleeve on one arm, and then she's got Rick and Morty on the other arm, <laughs> and then for some reason she's got a fucking bee on her fucking hand, which it still doesn't make any sense. Doesn't even make sense to her. But, yeah, she's been kind of giving me shit about the, the last couple of months about, oh, you're going to get your first one finally, and you're going to be one and done because you're fucking pansy. And it's like, <laughs> no, you're not wrong. But <laughs> um, this, the, the greatest tattoo I ever saw, um, as far as just an individual, I mean, I saw some great sleeves and stuff before, but um, a friend of mine who owns a tattoo shop, um, he has the praying hands, but instead of it being, the, you know, Jesus' hands, it's the hamburger helper hands. Yes. And that oh is so badass. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that's that's See, the greatest are, tattoo I've ever seen. Those are my favorites. Yeah. Like the irreverent, just like dudes getting a slice of pizza tattooed on them. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, why? And they're like, I don't know. You know? Like, I think that's hilarious. I don't, maybe one not of, for uh, me, but. One of my favorite, like, pro wrestlers, CM Punk, he has the Pepsi logo tattooed on his arm. Yeah. And the reason behind that is because he says he likes Pepsi. There was a guy, I forgot who the, who was in the band. He got the Coke logo tattooed on his arm. And his only response was, oh, yeah, I got, I love Coke. I love Coca-Cola. That's the only reason why he did it. Okay. I think he was from, I think it was somebody from Rancid. Maybe. I don't know about that. I'll have to look that up later. They do have some weird tattoos. But yeah. Um, I found it strange that... Uh, Cricket from Darling Sky has the Jimmy John's tattoo. <laughs> you know who I'm surprised it doesn't have it? Gorilla J. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> he probably won't get it because he just hates the hell out of that place. Sorry. You get, get a Jimmy John's tattoo. Maybe he should get a Subway tattoo just to, you know, just, just to, to be a douche. Him, just yeah. to be an asshole. Just to Jersey Mike's or something. <laughs> You're going to so. So now that Jen's got the uh, Beyond FM logo, you ought to get either Beyond FM or Rockstar Taco. No, I'm going to get Joy 99. You're get what? I'm a Joy 99 tattoo. Oh, Jesus Christ. Right on the back of my neck so people can see it and be like, Oh, yeah. That's that why, fucking dude's annoying. That's that's why he doesn't <laughs> use his turn signal, the motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> the Joy 99 sticker. But, you know, hey, you got to give it to him, man. There's I've seen more Joy 99 stickers than anything else. I mean, I remember back, yeah, man, we'll say... 15 years ago, whatever, the got wood stickers were all over the place. And right. Now, yeah. But good for them. Usually doesn't work out, but. We need, to, we need to get more Beyond FM stickers. Yeah. Among other things for merch. Working on it. Working on it. I just spent some chump change on a new website, so. 15 hours of your life, right? And, he, and it turns out great. Yeah. See? It's, and it's still not done, but it's done enough to say I've it's got it done. In, it's a work in progress. Yeah. And now we own it. Yes. And then we can make adjustments to it. Yes. Like not feature photos of Brain and Barbie all over the place because I know that's what he would want. 
I did get a text from Ryan Mills. He said, oh, I made the cut of the pitchers. <laughs> that sounded just like Mills. Oh, that boy. A, that was a good Ryan Mills impersonation. Yeah. Way to go, Tones. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's take a little break. Um, we have uh, a, a concert calendar, but it's very small because it's just cold and all the COVID crap and stuff. I think people are starting to cancel shows again, but some places... They're all thumbs up. Some places are like, well, at least touring bands are like, ah, we're not, we're not doing it anymore yeah. for a while. So we'll see. But anyway, we'll take a break and we'll uh, listen to some and they rise. And this is afraid of the world, and it's on Beyond FM.
best of everything STL. We mean everything. Because I feel like it. Because I feel like it! Because goddammit, if you're not doing what you're feeling, then what the fuck are you doing? This is Beyond FM. Because I fucking feel like it. This is Centerettes and uh, Trust Fund Tree on Beyond FM. Good evening, and thank you for joining us. Hanging out with uh, Buzzkill tonight. Um, we're going to go through a couple things real quick. As I, and you know what? I'm where I'm getting the uh, wonderful uh, concert calendar from tonight. Where I'm getting it from Beyond FM twenty four seven dot com. Are you serious? Damn, look at that! Look at that! We're already putting the uh, website to good use. Yes, only been up for what about five six hours? If that, yeah, yeah. All right, so it's it's not it's not a big one, like I said, but it is what it is. It's not my fault. All right, uh, September or September, January twenty second, thirty three on the needle. uh, Long sweet minutes and anxious mofo. I like that name. 
um, playing the heavy anchor. Uh, and then on the 27th at the heavy anchor, Mads and Company, the Centaurettes, and West End Junction. Um, and then on the 29th of January uh, at the heavy anchor again, at least heavy anchors having shows. Um, warning, heavy anchor, uh, if you're going, uh, you do have to have a mask and vax card to get in, of course. So, um, But on the 29th of January, Holy Hand Grenades, Be Good Elliot, and the Haddon Fields. Then it pops on February 5th, the Road to Point Fest 2022, Session 2, Round 1. Um, I know Crystal Lady's playing. I know Bring Me the Fires and a few others. Um, you can check our website and get all the information on that. Um, <clears throat> February 18th, Dialogue and Blinded by Stereo at the Heavy Anchor. And uh, last one I got, uh, Blueberry Hill Duck Room, February 25th, uh, Crystal Lady Birthday Bash. And uh, that's all I got. That's it. Compared to what we did uh, the beginning of November, all the shows that were in December. Yeah. Yeah. That's nothing compared to. Compared to like even before that, man. Yeah. Pretty much through all of October, we we had dates every single day for all of October and November. Yeah. Before Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, was a loaded uh, concert calendar for sure. So that's it's it giving us some time. It's the beginning of the year. Oh yeah, and discrepancies. Hopefully, they're going to be come. They're going to do something in St. Louis whenever they get back from their tour. Yeah, I mean, they just played pops not too long ago, so they probably won't play for a couple months. But yeah, no, they, do something. If I'm not mistaken, uh, I think Antonio on his Facebook said that there's something going on at the end of the tour cool. when they get done. Uh, yeah, so I don't nice. remember where it's at, but yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. Those are the dudes. Yeah. And so what's going on in sports? Okay. So we're going to go right into yeah, sports. Yeah, we're going right into it unless you want me to go. Oh, I don't well, have the sounder. I'm waiting this. for the sounder. I'm waiting okay, for the sounder. As fuck. Yep. <laughs> it's sports with Patrick Booz, and I eventually will get all these hotkeys changed out. That's one of my goals, too. Waiting. Because these are dumb. I'm waiting for Those an actual, dumb. like, Those interesting dumb. sounder, you know. Those are dumb. And they were, they're not great. Uh, if you're not following along with uh, baseball, they're still on strike. Right now, there's still a work short or a work stoppage. Basically, the CBA ended December 1st and then December 2nd. They went straight into a lockout. All the Cardinals uh, camps have been canceled for the time being, the winter warm up and everything. Uh, pitchers and catchers are supposed to report in the second week of February and now. Because of this work stoppage and the fact that, like, you know, there's a lot of free agents still in the market, they may end up having to push back uh, pitchers and catchers reporting in the start of spring training if they can't get anything figured out. Like, a lot of the report, they're just way too far apart between the owners and the Players Association. So this could end up impacting the season, and, you know, it's not a good look for baseball when they're trying to change so many things in the last couple of years, like changing the rules, you know, going into extra innings and they adding the second base, putting a runner on second base with nobody out to start the inning off. To end the game <laughs> that is kind of stupid. Earlier. That yeah. was the dumbest fucking rule. <laughs> That's dumb. Rob Manfred had no fucking clue what the fuck he is doing and he's getting like roasted on the daily on Twitter from between fans and even he's even getting it from like the uh, the sports writers, Ken Rosenthal, who's been with MLB Network for close to like ten years, just got let go by MLB Network because he was so critical of Rob Manfred. 
<laughs> so because Manfred's feelings were hurt, they decided not to bring him back. This is oh. bullshit. Uh, going towards uh, looking at the Blues, man, they are looking pretty damn good here lately. Uh, if you did not see this uh, quick video from the game uh, two nights ago against da- or two days or no, it was actually yesterday against Dallas. They were down one nothing in the third period. They get two goals off of two penalties in the last like forty five seconds, and the coach for Dallas just absolutely loses his shit grabs a stick and he starts beating the boards. He's just losing his mind. And of course he gets a $25,000 fine. And he was so critical of the referees, but the blues pull that one out. They're 21, 10 and five. So they just beat. It's not bad. Yeah. And they uh, set, what was it? The all time record for the most, actually it was like the most viewed game in the last 10 years, the winter classic last Saturday while they were in Minnesota against nice. the Wild, and they won 6-4. to four. But their next game, I believe, is this Thursday, yeah, against the Kraken, and it's Chris Pronger retirement jersey night. Oh, wow. So. Yeah, it's going to be a big one. Yep. That's pretty much what I got on sports. So what was, what was the deal? So, you know, I don't follow football because I don't have time, but I noticed a lot of people were thanking the Raiders for the Steelers win or getting in. Yeah, like so there was, a, there was – so it was a – one of the most weirdest situations that basically the Raiders and the Chargers could have made the playoffs yesterday had they tied. If they would have tied, they would have knocked Pittsburgh out and they both would have qualified. But because San Diego, for some reason, decided to call a timeout when the, when the Chargers were just going to run the clock out, they were going to let the game end. They called a timeout and Oakland was, or Las Vegas was basically like, you know what? Fuck it. We'll just kick the field goal and win. And we'll go to the playoffs. It was kind of like a, yeah, like a, it was, it, there was like a mutual agreement between the two teams without actually having that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, San Diego just kept on, or chart the Los Angeles, they're Los Angeles. I keep saying San Diego, but the Chargers basically said, oh yeah, we're going to still try to win. And Vegas is like, no, fuck you. We'll just win it right here. Knocked them straight out of the playoffs. And now Pittsburgh gets in. <laughs> <laughs> Playoffs start this week. Um, Rams, unfortunately, are in it, so fuck Stan Kroenke and fuck the Rams, and hopefully they get knocked out in the second round when they won the division. But, you know, they're kind of limping in. Uh, man, you're looking at kind of like the playoff picture. There's no clear team because everybody's got the – I think the best record is like 12-5. Uh, and five. Hmm. Or no, like 13-5, and five, something like that. Yeah, you know, like a lot of teams have had a lot of bad losses this year, like Green Bay, Kansas City, which surprisingly they mm-hmm. made it when they were going through some rough patches. But yeah, that's it's going to be it's a crapshoot to see who even wins this year. Interesting. Well, I mean, I I, I kind of like it better when it's all even teams. Anyway, you know, you don't have a full blown pick. Yeah. You know, yeah. Good stuff. Yep. That's it. Then. Well, okay, let's do this. Yeah, play the sounder. Yeah, that's the sports and stuff with Patrick. <laughs> One day I'm going to come in and it's going to be super produced thing and you'll be like, oh, that's so awesome. I mean, uh, and then I'll only the, play it the once. Sa- this, the, the sounder that you had for me when I was doing my own show, or yeah. not the sounder, like the beginning you, mm-hmm. the, you had for me when I was doing my own See show. If I, that was, let's, 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 let's play it real quick. This was oh my God, that's going to be awesome. 
if I still have it in here, I probably I think, deleted it. I probably like fucked Patrick. Blown away by his producing skills with this, like oh, what no. he put together with okay. this. This was awesome. <laughs> Let me do this Prepared real quick. Quit my job now. This awkward radio silence right now. While 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 I'm doing this, as as I'll play this, and then I, I want to talk about one thing real quick while I'm digging up something else real quick. Um, while we were on uh, vacation, if you want to call it that. Um, a band uh, that we are good friends with um, released finally released their uh, finally released their full album, and we're talking about twenty one twenty first century vampire, and so we're going to play a, a track from them. It's called Moving On. After we play this, but let me do this, and then Bam's patiently waiting to talk to me for some reason because I think we stole his headphones. Shh. All right, so we'll do this. All right, and then let me do this. This is great radio. All right. All right, let me do this. All right, all right. Now, here is the aforementioned intro that we I, I made for uh, Patrick for his sports show, which he's going to have another sports show coming up soon. Hopefully. Correct. Yes, yes, because now that you have your own equipment and stuff, you can kind of do that thing. Yeah. Even with nobody. That's why I played guitar by myself, because it's hard to get people together to do shit. So yeah. sometimes you just got to do it on your own, right? All right. So this is this is it. Let me make sure that's potted up good. All right. Here is the old intro for Hetricks with Patrick. Check this out. Beyond FM. St. Louis. St. Louis. St. Louis. The 314. St. Louis. The Louis. Beyond FM. The best of everything STL. They said it was just a good story. One that would soon come to an end. They expected us to be satisfied with how far we've come. We're not satisfied. We're here to prove that the past is merely a point of reference and not a predictor of the future. Our team is relentless. We've overcome adversity. We've delivered at the most crucial times. Do you think we have their attention now? You think they can hear us? It's bigger than us. It's about our city. All of us, together, pushing towards the same goal. This is about our dream. About chasing immortality. A collective idea. A singular goal. Do you want it? Do you want to be a part of the greatest time in our history? Together, we are going to dig deep and give everything we have because this, this is all we know. Our eyes are on the ultimate goal. This is about writing a story that will be told for generations to come. And they think we're at the end. Hey, buddy. We're still here. Parental discretion is strongly advised. It's sports and local music wrapped up into one. It's Hat Tricks with Patrick on Beyond FM. Regulators, mount up! When we see the best of everything STL, we mean everything. Oh my god! Getting tingly! Something's gonna happen, huh? Parental discretion strongly advised. Stay golden, pony boy. Beyond FM. You're incredible.
of everything STL. Wow, that cut off real quick. The best of everything STL uh, beyond FM and that is a killing fever with bigger man. Thank you for joining us and thanks for hanging out tonight. Our guest is uh, probably one of the cool, I think one of the coolest producers and engineers in the area. And I'm talking about Buzzkill. Welcome. 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 Welcome, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, so let's get started because I know, I know personally that you were in like me into a tons of different styles and genres or whatever of oh, music. Yeah. So, uh, let's rewind it back and, uh, what really, at what age do you realize that, that you wanted to be in music and what was it that kind of influenced you to do it? Um, it's kind of a silly story. Um, but when I was about six or seven, I pulled down the Spinal Tap VHS. 
And I thought that was so cool. So I was that kid um, growing up that would like pull the pots and pans Mm -hmm. out of the kitchen, start banging on them and stuff. And uh, the teachers thought that that'd be like a good outlet for me. Had a ton of energy growing up, you know. So they got me into band and I don't know, I'm prone to pipe dreams. (laughs) So ever since I was a kid, I was like, I want to be in music. I want to be on, I wanted to be a performing musician most of my life. Um, and then I got a chance to actually perform and do a little tour thing and I hated it. I hated being on tour. I thought it was the worst, you know, a lot of people say that cause you I mean, there's no telling where you're going to sleep, what you're going to eat, what, you know, yeah. whatever. And especially us being like bottom of the barrel touring music. I mean, we yeah. weren't on a big bus or anything, you know, and. I just realized that um, I'm more domestic than I wanted to admit. Like, I like having a dog, mm-hmm. and I like cooking food. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I don't really like fast food, and that's all you would eat, you know? Um, but I don't know. Music, music's music been at least a hobby, if not something that saved my life, I mean, since I was like five or six, you know, so... I love it. There's no other art form on the planet like it. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. nothing else in the whole world that's that that does it for me, at least, like like music does. So, I spent a lot of time by myself when I was little, like just occupying my... I mean, not that I didn't have friends, but Were they I, I liked to spend time by myself and, and keep myself occupied. And a lot of that was, you know, whether it's listening to Kiss albums or whatever yeah. it was, you know, that was... My fun. I loved it. I thought you were about to say you pulled out the Spiral Tap album too. No, I didn't. I didn't VHS. VHS. It wasn't even, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. just a VHS tape. Mm-hmm. Crack it to 11. <laughs> uh, I mean, Nigel Tufnell was an uh, idol of mine for a long time. I just thought he was fucking hilarious. And the dude actually plays guitar, the, the actor. I don't remember mm-hmm. what his name is off the top of my head. But he actually played those guitar licks. You know what I mean? They were yeah. all, they're all actually musicians and they did that. And I just thought that was so interesting. You know what I mean? But I, I guess another thing I can add is that I grew up in a really interesting time, like listening to music on the radio in the nineties, Yes, you know, when, and you know, nineties music, there, it was so unique and there was just, everything was going on and a lot of it was really good. I mean, there was still garbage music, but you know, there was nothing like uh, the first time I heard uh, Long December by Counting Crows. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I heard that, I think I heard like the, the tail end of that track on 92.7 WQLZ, the rock station, Springfield, Illinois, you know? Yep. And um, which is now, I, I believe it's a, a country Christian it could station be. now, yeah. I think, because uh, they, they're part of family media now. Um but just staying up and listening to the radio for hours, trying to hear that track again, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I was also that kid that would like record, you know, onto a, onto a cassette tape, oh, yeah, my yeah. favorite tracks, you know? And then I'd like share them with my friends and be like, Oh, you got to hear this song, you know? So, um, just kind of coming up listening to, uh, you know, and having buddies that, uh, you know, were, were listening to, to hip hop and like, metal and shit not like you know stuff that in the in america's heartland i really wasn't privy to Mm -hmm. and it would just blow my fucking mind you know what i mean yeah it just the first time i heard uh uh biggie 
I was like, what the fuck is this? This is awesome. You know what I mean? This is great. What is this? You know? And uh, so, I don't know. I've always had a... Fa- I, I've always had a fascination with all genres of music. There's, there's not a genre that I can point to and be like, I universally hate everything that comes out of this particular genre. You know? Yep. Even stuff like uh, Swedish synth pop. Like, I don't know if you guys have heard of churches before. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. I love, I love Under the Guns, one of my jams, dude. I love that track, you know? So, yeah. There's a, and it, it pisses me off more than anything, I, I'm sure. Same for you. That I hear a lot of people like, oh, there's no good music anymore. No, you're fucking lazy. Bullshit. You're lazy as fuck. That it's not. It's just not on the radio anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, the industry's been taken over in my lifetime. It's been taken over. I think it's like most industries. Mm-hmm. It's been taken over by money people. Yeah, you know, <laughs> because you mentioned the '90s and radio is. It was like the transition from it being jock oriented to being corporate oriented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so it's it's been really weird. Um, seeing uh this industry and now that i'm i'm a part of it it's really weird seeing the way they talk about artists it's just not how i would have imagined it like if you went and told 10 year old mike this is the way you're going to be talking about artists like how do they look Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like how do they look what what, what's their sex appeal you know what i mean and that's always been part of music i'm not saying that that's brand new but like so much of even what I get to work on and I'm still fortunate to be able to do this for a career. Like I'm not complaining, but so much of it is just really safe cookie cutter stuff. You know, the industry's not interested in a paradigm shift in music happening. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? If anything, it's accidental, like, like Billie Eilish. Yeah. It's like an, it's, it's not on purpose. You know, she did, she did have the look and the music is undeniably very good. You know what I mean? But it's different, and it's yeah, out of the box. Right. And at first, they looked all probably looked at it cockeyed and going, oh, fuck no, we ain't playing right. this. Right. Or Lord's a good example, too. Yes. You know, exactly. where where it's just like, um, you know, and I hate to be that guy, but if, it, if they weren't um, photogenic, we would never hear those songs, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so, I don't know. I think I think a lot of us are being trained to feel that way too. You remember when Lizzo was popping up and everyone was just talking about how big she was? Mm-hmm. It was just like, who the fuck cares? You hear this music? It's yeah. pretty, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But you know, all we could talk about is uh, you know how she looked. I, I I'm hard pressed to believe that if Dave, David Bowie was reincarnated right now, you know that guy would get a deal. Fred, Freddie Mercury. I mean, yeah. what, 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 oh, yeah. what, I mean, they were they sounded different back then, and uh-huh. he wasn't necessarily. I mean, he was charismatic, but he wasn't like beautiful or anything right. like that. You know, yeah. And they would just they'd give him the cockeyed look too. Like, oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I don't. Was it a what was that show America's Got Talent or The Voice or one of those when this like. 60-year-old lady got up there, and she's, like, kind of unattractive. And then she started singing, and it was beautiful, and everyone was shocked. Yeah. And I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with our culture, man? Like, what what does her attractiveness yeah. have to do with her talent as an artist? So, Yeah, there was a guy that they had on there not too long ago. Uh, total goth. You know, he's got the... Uh, sure. He's... What was it? The... The eye contacts, like the white eye contacts, mm-hmm. and you know he's pale faced, Marilyn Manson style, yeah, yeah, straight up, and he's singing 
opera. Sure. And he's got like the most beautiful voice and people like, they were just like, okay, he's about to do some screamo. Or he's going to do something like that. And I think one of the judges actually did hit the X before he even fucked. Like as soon as he got that out sucks. there and they were like, yeah, we don't want to hear fucking screamo shit. And he's doing like fucking straight up opera music, you know, got the most amazing voice. And they were ready to fucking throw him off the stage before he even got a chance. And I wish I could say that shocked me. But it doesn't. Uh, every once in a while, I'll have, um, uh, you know, quote unquote manager bring in. I mean, usually, when I hear a manager's bringing an artist in, I assume it's someone with money and not a lot of musical talent who mm. found a pretty girl that they like and want to develop them. Mm. But I've had that more than a few times where. You know, there's this guy gassing up this pretty girl being like, you're going to be the next big thing. And the only thing they haven't worked on is singing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The, this is, it's like the last thing on their list is to actually develop good music that people want to listen to or a voice that, you know, I don't need to go through with Melodyne and every syllable pitch, you know. Um, so, yeah, it can be it can be really weird. But... Um, I don't know how I got on this tangent, but I do love the music. I'll tangent away. I'm trying to I'm trying to pull up a song real quick. <laughs> it's okay. I'm complaining a lot. I apologize. No, there's there is a. I mean, we we talked off air that there's a, there's a lot to complain about and there's a lot to celebrate at the same time. Absolutely. Um. So, how did you get into the producing side of things? Uh. Adapting. Uh, when I when I realized I didn't want to um, be a performing artist, uh, it kind of crushed me because that had been a life goal of mine for a while. Um, and then I kind of got a taste of it and didn't like it. So I felt really lost. Um, so I, I think it, it was like six months. I took a hiatus from music altogether. And I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life, right, mm-hmm. after this. Um but that itch, you know, if you're an artist, that itch always comes in. Maybe it takes a couple months, maybe a couple years. But eventually, if you're really an artist and you're really creative, there's that thing inside of you that's, like, trying to claw and get out, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right, I absolutely do not have the money to go to a studio. I absolutely do not want to be in a band again. What? So I'll just record myself. You know what I mean? I'll record my own stuff and I'll learn how to, how to do all this. Um, and it, it's tough. I mean, engineering is not easy, you know? Um, so it was maybe a year or two of me bartending and doing odd jobs while I'm, you know, in my spare time at home, I'm recording riffs and looking up tutorials and, you know, all this other stuff. And, uh, I was starting to kind of get the hang of it. And a buddy of mine, uh, heard, one of my mixes that I did and he's a, he's a hip hop artist, a guy I still work with today. And he heard one of my, uh, one of my mixes. He's like, yeah, man, you've come a long way. It sounds pretty good. And I'm like, thanks. He's like, you want to mix one of my tracks? And I was like, sure, I'll give it a shot. And he's like, cool. How much? And a light bulb went off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. So I'm really enjoying this mixing stuff. I may not understand it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I really like it. This is a ton of fun. Um, and, uh, so now, uh, I think, uh, uh, Gibby, uh, Zach Gibson from, uh, he's the studio manager at Fat Buddha where I, where I work, one of the studios I work at. He said it best. I really love this. He said, uh, I get to be a part of everybody's band now. 
I'm not yeah. part of one band. I'm part of all of your bands. I'm part of all of your projects. And uh, so, you know, it was me freelancing for, what is it, five or six years on my own, still bartending part-time, and, you know, the rest of it comes from, from this, you know, working from home uh, in my home studio. And uh, I got to have that uh, that quitting moment everybody wants, you know, from my bartending gig where, you know, the manager sat me down to have a talk about, you know. Your dedication. Yeah, basically. Yeah, like, you know, I, I'm really sort had of, a bad attitude lately. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really thinking. <laughs> I'm really concerned. So, you, can I tell a brief story? Oh, yeah, go for it, go okay. for it man. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I was working at uh, Pie Pizzeria in the Central West End. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, you know, I, I we were having a hard time holding on to bartenders. So it's a Friday night, and I'm running the bar, like the, the the serving part of the bar and the well where we pull tickets down by myself, right? So uh, we had a whole bunch of new hires for servers. A lot of them were really young, first serving gig ever. Because, you know, you, you don't want them to have bad habits. So yeah. we'll, we'll train them here, right? Um, and uh, this girl, Rachel put in a ticket for three tequila shots, which is, that's the easiest thing in the world for me to do, right? So I get the three glasses. I take the ticket down and put it in my little spot in the queue so Mm -hmm. I know what needs to get made up, right? And I grab the three glasses and I set them down on the bar top and went back to get the tequila. And as I'm coming back, she's walking away with these empty glasses, (laughs) And I, I had a moment, man. I'm like, you know, Rachel, where the fuck are you going? And she's like, I'm delivering these drinks. I'm like, there's no liquids in those. And without even looking at the glasses, she said, well, how was I supposed to know that? <laughs> and just like, it was like one of my brain cells, like my last remaining brain cells, like killed itself. You yeah. know what I mean? And it committed suicide. And, I think. Yeah. And I was like, come here. And I looked at her and I was like, look. No ticket, no taco. You didn't have a ticket. This is like the 10th time I fucking mm-hmm. told you that. You were ruining my flow right now. So she went to management mm-hmm. and said that I was verbally abusive <laughs> for no reason. She doesn't even understand what the issue was, right? Like, And uh, and that I'm just a tyrant, which I, it, admittedly I did lose my temper. But the manager... Justifiably to, so, though. Right, yeah. right. But, I mean, it's corporate... Yeah. Restaurant shit. You can't have any sort of emotion other than smiling and I'm happy. Singing the happy, happy, joy, joy song. In That's your great that you took the customer some shots with nothing in them. Right. Well, you, you know what? She's learning. Yeah. So anyway, the, the manager pulls me back there and it's just like, you know, we, we really appreciate you around here. But honestly, you know, you, you keep acting like this. We're going to have to cut your hours. We're going to, you know, and so we're going to suspend you for five days. And I said, you know what? I quit. And he said, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, I quit. Keep in mind, five days would mean that they would only have to fill the Saturday. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I was literally one of the only experienced bartenders they had at the time. And then I would be right back to it that next weekend to, like, save their ass. Yeah. They didn't need me during the week. And I just said I quit. And he's like, no, well, you know, actually, we can... Let's talk about this. It was amazing how quickly he went from, you know, I am your restaurant daddy and I'm punishing you to mm-hmm. wait, hold on. No, we need you. And I, but that was the catalyst to me quitting and going like, I'm, I have to take this engineering stuff seriously full time. It's going to be my ticket out of working for somebody else like that, you know. 
And I do have bosses. Both I work at Suburban Pro and I work at Fat Buddha. And mm-hmm. I have bosses in management. But none of them have ever talked to me like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a level of freedom that I, I didn't know if I was going to be able to have. You know what I mean? That is awesome. But, yeah, I mean, that was that moment where out of anger I quit. And then the next day I woke up and I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do for money? But it made me hustle. Yeah. And, like, reach out to people and be like, hey, first mix is on me. No commitment. Just work with me. Give me a shot. Let me try. You know, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And then um, the... I guess as far as engineering goes, the big break was when uh, Matt Swicky from Suburban ran into him at rooftop, uh, Moonrise, Moonrise, mm-hmm. the rooftop at, at Moonrise. And he's DJing. And I know him through Fresh Produce, and I've been judging uh, Fresh Produce with them for a while. And he just said, hey, man, you want a job? <laughs> and, you know, I had already been freelancing successfully for two years, right? And I was like, shh sure, but I want to keep freelance. He's like, I don't care what you do outside of here. Just come work for me. You know what I mean? And I started working over there and my name got out there even more. And then I was approached by, um, Zach at, at fat Buddha and had the meeting with the owners and told them, Hey, uh, I want to come work for you, but I also want to keep working at suburban. That's the only way I'm going to do it. And they said, okay, sure. And that just shocked the fuck out of me. I was like, I didn't think there was any way they were going to go You're full for on that. expecting a fight yeah, off that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I figured they were just going to say that's a no, that's an, a non-starter. But the thing with me is I, I have like a, a lot of anxiety. So I had already been worried about that. And I almost didn't go to the interview because I knew that they were going to say no. I knew it. Yeah. There was no doubt in my mind they were going to say no. But like the my my ex-wife used to use this expression to me. She's like, if you... If you never ask the question, the answer is always no. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And uh, initially with Fat Buddha, it kind of was, it was a soft no. It was, we're not really going for that. So if you want to reconsider, mm-hmm. reach out. Um, and I kind of made a case for myself, you know, saying like, I don't have a need to steal clients from you guys to go to Suburban. I don't, and I don't need to do that the other way around. Yeah. You know, I'm trustworthy. You guys can trust me to not do anything weird. And fuck, they went for it. And so now I've been there since, uh, what is that, March? March of, uh, of tw- last year, 2021. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's really cool. It is, uh, it is interesting. It's awesome that way it worked out that way. All right, let's take five or ten or seven and a half, whatever the two songs add up to. <clears throat> um, we're going to play one that, uh, as we like we mentioned beforehand, uh, before you got here, I did. We didn't get to switch over some tracks over to me, but I do have one that's not part of the one thing you not told me not to talk about. <laughs> My God! <laughs> so uh, this is uh, friends of ours, of all of ours. Oh, you're about and, to play a creep freak. Aren't yes, you? I am. Yeah, dude. Yeah, creep freak. Oh my gosh, I loved uh, how that track worked out. Yes. Um. Yeah. That. Because there is a different version of this, but this is the Buzzkill remix. Yes. From Egan's Rats. Yes. Yes. It was, um, this is one of my favorite uh, tracks I've ever worked on. Um, Dub and Jeff are just two of the most dynamic rappers, you know, in the underground hip hop scene. Yes. And uh, I got to have so much fun and they just let me do whatever I want. 
I was like, I was like, yeah, well, uh, you know, what do you guys want it to sound like? And Dub's like, I don't okay. fucking know. You're the producer, you okay. know? <laughs> which made me kind of feel like the idiot. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that's kind of my job, isn't it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and uh, yeah, I got to have a ton of fun with this track, and uh, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, and we love these guys too. So sometimes, yeah, sometimes. Really, Jay's a pain in the ass. They're all, they're all. I pain will in the fight ass. you. They're all questionable. <laughs> I will fight you right now. <laughs> One thing I will say though, the I can the say, dub flow I can say is that is a taco about... junkie. Yes, he is a taco junkie. That dude has been probably here more than anybody. Really? Yes. I can say the reason I can say that about Gorilla J is just because I worked out with him. Like he came to the, oh yeah yeah. So he's he yeah he was a pain in the ass about showing up on time. Okay, actually doing all the lifts. So I had to keep I got shit. You. So that's why. Yeah. Yeah, yeah actually, uh, that's how I got the. Uh, the spot tonight was I was coming down here to meet. Yeah, he was meet he was Dub eating flow. with Gorilla J and, and Dub, and he was like, "Hey, what's Brad up, man? Like, what's going on?" I'm like, "Paul Johns." Oh fuck, it's about time we met. You know, yeah. yeah. That was so, yeah. a good night. That was fun. Yeah. All right. Let's so uh, let's en- let's enjoy this, and we'll take a break. We'll be back in minutes. But this is Creep Freak. It's uh, Egan's Rats, and this is the Buzzkill Remix on Beyond FM. <laughs> This is the best of everything, STL. This is Beyond FM 24-7, St. Louis. Hey yo, well you got him on my 40 homie I've been wrecked for a hot minute, you're a lot of Mortys homie They've been waiting patiently to play me on a new recording Morning glory, April O'Neil should be here, news reporting Hit him with a sound bite, my face between it says my sound like Birdman called on a long round pipe Flashback bout time, mad rap spout mine Laughs, laugh, crowd lines, hashtag pound sign Yep, my whole lot of grimy kid, my only direction sport Leave the rest of it behind me quick Explode booger flicking up Nickelodeon slime and shit Nickel dime me BS, but I ain't buying it So hide your kids, hide your wife, hide your side bitch Smire to Whitney Houston in the bathtub with a pipe lit Telling these mumble rappers to pipe down and swallow my style I had to divide it, cause I wrote this without even writing Hanging out my bass in the rats, still talking shit. My condolences to all my old opponents. It's been a long road to Boulder, but I'm a charger. Feeling too cold, so splits is a snare six. Checking, come home and sit down and pack a pole, please. This rhythm, it's hard to make these scares of them palm reeds. Sipping on them palm trees, smoking on that pine, please. Quit that shit, mama said you'll get a mind freeze. Them high alarm hits, and my brain goes back to my somewhat normal dream. They point up on some more, yo, that's a coin, yo. Drinks are like Alonzo morning And you know it's just the dawning Of a new calling we call rats I can't 
kick it with the Belmas and Daphnis, that's just the groupies. I kick it with the Freddies and Shaggies and Burn a Scooby. You loopy dookies couldn't get a clone on me. I got the Mr. Poopy butthole saying, ooh-wee. Make it clear who's Dr. Doom in the room. Drop science on you bitches, add magic to the move. Exotic your goons under the full moon, then resume with the boom. Find my man 64 on your boobs, bust up. Move, don't flick with a flow, tongue out the group. Delivery so gin and the word plays juice. Getting loose with a new cutie with a big caboose. Green eyes, two sets, them ringing head games. The truth is to taste food, much more, much lavish. To taste food, it's lavish, lavish. To taste food, much more, much lavish. To taste food, it's lavish, lavish. To taste food, much more, much lavish. To taste food, it's lavish, lavish. To taste food, much more, much lavish. To taste food, it's lavish. See the best of everything STL. We need everything. Oh my god! Something's gonna happen, Parental discretion strongly advised. Stay golden, pony boy. Beyond FM. You're incredible.
It's, it's Mad Love and Gang Gang on the Best of Everything STL Beyond FM. Thank you for joining us. Uh, just a reminder, we do have our very own brand new website. It's called BeyondFM24-7.com, and it's up and it's live. And uh, you can check out our concert calendar, hear some previous episodes, see pictures of, of Patrick Booz, and more. Yeah? I don't know why you threw me out there. Because <laughs> you're here, and I like throwing you out there. It's fun. Just trying to embarrass me. No, you I'm not. Know. You're a very handsome not man. Just, not, not just me. You're very Brandon, handsome man. Brandon's on there. Mills is on there. Yeah. You're on there. Mm-hmm. For some reason, Jeff and Jen are on there. Yeah. Well, Jen, I can understand. Jeff, not so much. Yeah, I tried to limit the pictures I had of Jeff on there. <laughs> I really did. I think, I think Jen tries to do that around the house as is anyway, so. The only reason why I have pictures of him is because he's so animated in his pictures. So I was like, I got to put that one in. Yeah. The one where Jen's kick him in the balls. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So it's out there. Check it out. And thank you for checking it out and listening. See how many hits we can get on the website in one day. Probably two. Maybe three. Two. Maybe three. Maybe three. I hope so. Yeah. So um, one thing that I guess I can talk about um, real quick uh, to update people too. Um, I'm trying not to push it too hard because it's, because of the COVID stuff and um, some other things, but I Beyond FM has uh, acquired a room to where we can book our own shows now. Really? And it will start in the spring. As soon as a certain room gets done, yeah. you need some drywall, needs some paint, probably needs a stage, better stage, but... So does this mean we can have the Tony birthday show again? I don't know if it's going to be ready by then yet, but we are going to have a little party. You, we are going to have, have a little noticed, party here. Have you <clears> noticed? <throat> did you notice though that I think like pretty much after we did the birthday show for you the first time, mm-hmm. everything went to hell. I <laughs> <laughs> we really did. We did it in February what 2020. 20, yeah, yeah, and then in, in March everything shut down. <laughs> It was literally like two weeks later, everything just goes to shit. And it was like, hey, we celebrated Tony's birthday with a big old party. And then after that, oh, fuck, everything shut down. There's no more shows. So secretly, we kind of blame you, Tones, for putting that together. Well, Because you put together uh, like the most, he put together the most random show. I don't know if you were there for it. No, I wasn't. It was uh, Crystal O'Connor and the Whiskey Rebels, the open, and then Egan's Rats, and then Divine Sorrow. Three of the most random, random fucking groups just thrown together, and yeah, right after that, everything goes to shit. So well, and I think it just goes I don't to know show your I don't know ability. if it was <laughs> your criticism. I don't think there was a lot of criticism. But I'm sure there were some no. where people were like you're throwing your own birthday party. It was more of like just an excuse to see if I could pull off booking my own show, right? And doing it, and putting people on the bill that I got along with and I wasn't going to be as much hassle to do it. And, you know, and it was just a reason to party and it was a good night, even yeah. though really technically I didn't really get to have much fun because I was just running around cause it was my first, you know, booking yeah. and I'm like making sure everything's perfect and everything's okay. And I think you know. I saw you all of about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else, you were running around. With I just like room to room to room to room yeah. all night. Like Happy the, birthday. Now get to yeah. work. <laughs> exactly. 
but it was fun. So no, it was a great show. Yeah, it was so. a great show. But it was just that was the that was the one thing that kind of stuck out. It was like two weeks later. Oh God, here is COVID. And everything shuts down. <laughs> it's all my fault. <laughs> That's the funny thing about this whole thing is that we started Yours, all yeah, this. That show was the first. We started all this. And it, we started all this, and then six months later, we had you know COVID. Yeah, January. We started. We started in June. June, June of two thousand nineteen. Yeah, around yeah. the same time, like six months later. Yes. <laughs> well, we were, that's, that's a huge relief to me because I thought I was the one that caused COVID. It made with my with my no, I yeah, you've taken a huge weight off of my shoulders. <laughs> Um, because honestly, I, uh, the end of 2019 is probably the most optimistic I've ever been about not only just my life on the whole, but more specifically about my career in music. Everybody was too. Everybody's yeah. like, we're releasing this in 2020 oh, and like it's going to be badass. End of, end of and 2019, things were going so great. You know, I... Like yeah, and we had just moved way. in. Yeah. He, we had yeah. just moved into here in yeah. December of 2019. Like, yeah. oh, we got this cool place that we mm-hmm. can do a podcast uh, yeah. and blah blah blah. Things were going smooth, and then in, in March, you know, JB's like, "No, man, we we better not do this for a while. You yeah. know, we don't want anybody here." And I don't think I saw you for like well, th- saw anybody for like almost like three months at that point. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. No, I I had a lot of reason to be optimistic. Uh, a certain project I was a part of. You know, we had so much going on. We broke on to Shade 45, and, you know, there was a, a major show we were supposed to open for in March 2020. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so every morning I'm waking up like, fuck yeah, universe. This is coming up. 2020 is coming up all buzz. Yeah. It's like a romantic comedy. You're dancing, uh, yeah. the sun's shining. You're yeah. like, yeah, And I just, I just imagine like that, um, what, you know, that troll face, that the cartoon troll face. That's like the universe looking down on me, you know, hearing me like talk all this shit about how 2020 is going to be my year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was just like, oh yeah, that's hilarious. You know? Okay. You know? Watch this. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you, en- why don't you enjoy some bat cold? You yeah, know what I mean? Like, global pandemic for two fucking years. Yeah. Why not? Um, by the way, I was going back through and looking at some old tweets that I had liked and I saw one that is aged like a, like fine milk. Um, <laughs> it was a terrible choice <laughs> from from Elon Musk when he said back in uh, March. He's like, I'm predicting that by mid April we will have no more cases of COVID. Mm. Oh, oh yeah. What was it? There was one that was like, uh, do you remember? Or what was it? Yeah, remember in June when we said, yeah, in April this will all be over. <laughs> Oh, yeah. We'll just bunker down for two weeks and then everything's going to be fine. And then every like sit, like every week or like every like two or three weeks after that, and it's like, oh, yeah, it'll be fine by October. Oh, no, it'll be fine by December. (laughs) Now we're in two fucking years. Yeah. uh, So I don't know if you guys are South Park fans. Yeah. Um, so they did the pandemic special. Yeah. Right. And that was, that was okay. Now they have the post pandemic special. Which is like twenty years in the future, <laughs> and the pandemic has only been over for like half a year. Yeah, <laughs> and it's the most depressing fucking shit I've ever seen. I swear, Trey Parker and Matt Stone are trying to get that show pulled off the air. Oh, they are. They don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. They're just like everything is shit. Stands like a chronic alcoholic now. Yeah, 
You know, Cartman has become an Orthodox yes. Jew. Yeah, he's a rabbi. He's a full blown rabbi. He's the rabbi. <laughs> he's the only one that's thriving, and it, 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 it's the. But I mean, there's like I'm watching this and I'm laughing, but I'm also like, damn, dude, this is just they're hitting too close to home, like. Trey, can you just make Orgasmo Part 2, and I'll be happy. You know <laughs> what I mean? Squirrely style. Can we just, can, can we not do this anymore? Because it's, I don't know, this is depressing the fuck out of me. It's probably one of those things where they make it, you know, on their end, they're thinking, they're making it so bad, but the rest of the world thinks it's so good, you know. Yeah, I, so I've been a huge fan of Trey Parker and Matt Stone uh, for a long time. Actually, I found out about them before South Park. Um, have you heard of Troma Film Studios before? Mm-mm. So Troma is an underground film company. Like, so we talk about A and B movies. These are Z movies. They are <laughs> they are made bad on purpose. So there's like the Toxic Avenger, mm-hmm. Killer Condoms from Outer Space, um, just outrageous films that no one else would ever touch. I think I think the guy who I think his name is Lloyd Kaufman. If I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on that. But so Troma produced a movie uh, for Trey Parker and Matt Stone uh, in 95 or 96 called Cannibal the Musical, um, <laughs> which is about which is about Alfred Packer, who is the first cannibal or the first person convicted of cannibalism in the United States. Um, and in pure... Matt Stone fashion, it's a musical. <laughs> but the but the but the, the the budget was so low and the it just it's it's a horrible movie, but I loved it. I loved shit like that. You know, even I even loved uh movies like uh like um Play Nine from Outer Space, like the Ed Wood stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. Glenn or Glenda, you know? Like yeah. just just the just these terrible movies. John Waters type movies. Worse. 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 Plan 9 from Outer Space was the last movie Bella Lugosi was in. Bella Lugosi died halfway through production, and they replaced him with some other guy who was like six feet, like like six feet tall, and Bella Lugosi's like five, four, yeah. five, five. And instead of doing literally anything to fix it, all they did was, you know, they have all these Bella Lugosi moments, then halfway through the film, it's filled with a dude who's just covering his face, because he played Dracula in the movie. <laughs> He's just covering his face up the whole time and just walking around. No dialogue, no anything. <laughs> it's like the laziest, it's the laziest <laughs> shit on the planet. <laughs> but Ed Wood, that's, that's the thing. People like Ed Wood, uh, even in a, in a sense, Nicolas Cage, those dudes uh, motivate me. Matt Stone. I always think, like, if there's room in this world for those guys, certainly I can do something too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Did if, you see the previews yet for the new Nick Cage movie? He, he's got like 15 movies new, a year. It's Nick Cage playing Nick Cage in a movie about Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> I oh shit God. you not. Oh I shit you not. The <laughs> whole premise of it is this guy, He he's he, uh, Neil Patrick Harris is his uh, manager. Okay. And he tells him, hey, there's a guy that's like a big fan of Nick Cage. And he goes to meet him and he agrees to like spend like this whole birthday party with this guy for like twenty thousand dollars. And it's it's not a documentary, but it's like legit. He's like playing himself and he it's so the trailer for it's so fucking weird. <laughs> Nicholas Cage has had one of the most interesting careers 
I mean, you think about some of my least favorite movies that I do like, ironically, and also some of my favorite movies of all time have been from the same dude. And it took me a long time to kind of like make sense of it because I'm like, why am I drawn to this guy? Right. Like, what mm-hmm. is it about Nicolas Cage that I can't stop? I see a new Nicolas Cage film on Netflix or Hulu or whatever. And I'm like, I have to watch it. <laughs> right. I don't. And it finally clicked. There's no other actor like him, man. That dude. It's like um, if like a surrealist painting was a human being. You know what I mean? Like, have you guys seen his son before? His son's like a black metal yeah. guy. Yeah. And there's like photos of Nicolas Cage walking around with this dude who looks like he climbed straight out of a, a behemoth <laughs> music video. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and it's just like, it's the most wild, absurd life that I've ever seen. You know what I mean? And uh, I just, I don't know. I think I went from liking him, ironically, to having kind of a working understanding that he's just like on a different level. Like... But you know what? The real the real shout out should go to all of the beautiful women in their early twenties in his movies that have to pretend like they're into him. <laughs> now that's real acting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you'll have this dude walk in, he's like, "Hey, baby," and they're just like, "Yeah, no, that's the guy I want to be with." Well, you know what <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean? <laughs> it's it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. So, yeah, Nick Cage, if you're uh, listening, first of all, uh, <laughs> Nick Cage is listening all the time. Man. Huge fan. First of all, uh, thanks, buddy. Thanks for checking out the show. Uh, secondly, huge fan. Let's hang out sometime. Yes. I got to say, one of my favorite Nick Cage movies is that Port of Call movie, The Bad Lieutenant of yes. New Orleans. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the one thing I can remember most about that is he gets so doped up on, I think it was, what was it, Coke? He sees a guy's soul break dancing he just i think it was laughing. crack yeah he was smoking crack out of yeah. an aluminum pipe yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and he mm-hmm. sees a guy that he just killed his soul just like break dancing nobody else sees it yeah. he just starts laughing for no fucking reason oh yeah um what was it i'm trying to remember that there was a movie that they did what was the name of this film but they basically ruined all of the audio for it, and he had to go back through and dub all the audio. Instead of reshooting it, they just took him to an to a, a music production suite and had him dub over all of his audio. Yeah, and it's like if Nicolas Cage wasn't Nicolas Cage enough, <laughs> imagine him watching himself. You know, and, and then watching it through, and it's like, this is good. Oh, the fucking hairs! And he's just like wrecking his room and covering himself with paint. It's, it is absurd. What's the, what's the one that it was shot like so bad? Like the camera angles were so bad that you can see like gaps in the set. This might have been the same film. It, I think it might have been. Oh, I, I'm struggling. Is it the on one the where is it the one where he's like, like he gets so pissed off at his girlfriend for some reason he just starts throwing a fit on top of the mat, like the bed yes. or something? Yes. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's they overdubbed all the audio for that. Yes, <laughs> really? yes, yes. They overdubbed all the audio. But so let's let's bring it back to a positive note. One of my all time favorite like psychological thrillers is Eight Millimeter. Have you guys seen that before? I th- it's been a while. He's yeah. investigating like these snuff films. Yes, and, I remember now. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time, but yeah, I know it's oh, coming now. Oh yeah. my god, it's it's like one of the best like psychological thrillers out there. But it got kind of like 
sustained just by virtue of Nicolas Cage being a part of it. You know what I mean? So if you can like pull yourself back and be like, okay, this is not the rage cage that I'm used to. You know, this is like a more subdued modern acting style. You know what I mean? Um, but, but yeah, man, a big, big uh, rage cage fan. Connor, Connor, I think, Oh my God! I, so lo- good. I, I love it. I love it. I, 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 man, my friends like give me shit about it. They're like, "Yo, man, if he didn't do that fucking shitty ass accent, it would have been so much better." It's like, no, that's what made the fucking that movie. Makes it. Was yeah. the shitty accent? Yeah, and how they how they memefied that moment that he steps off the bus and he like shakes his hair in the air. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. Shout out to Steve Buscemi for that uh, for his role in that too. Yeah. super creepy, bro. Very like super creepy. Um, I I uh, uh, I really do. Is there an, is like there him. any other role for Steve than being super creepy though? Oh really? no, I mean, well, but he was ultra. Cre- he was a pedophile in that movie. Yeah, yeah. and like a was he also a serial killer? Yeah, he was yeah. a serial killer. Yeah, yeah. He, I don't think he was a pedophile. He was like a full oh. serial killer because he had like. They said, what is it? He made the Manson family look like the Partridge family or something like that. Who was the pedophile character in that movie? Um, I think it was Cyrus. It was, was it Cyrus uh, Grissom? Oh, man, I don't remember. I need to go back and rewatch that. Yeah. It was uh, John Malkovich, I'm pretty sure it was. Dude, yeah, John Malkovich. He's also, he's really great, man. Oh, yeah. Big fan. Big fan of John Malkovich. Rounders. Yep. Mm-hmm. Steve Buscemi, I mean, you say, is there anything, like, any other role that he's meant out to be than creepy? Fargo and the Big Lebowski are, like, two of his best roles. And he's such, like, a small character in both, but he just kills it so bad in both of those. Yeah, he did He did great in uh, Big Lebowski. You know, yeah. the re- you know the reason why he got that role? Because no. Because of the Coen brothers? Really? They did both those movies, but... He got that well. He got the Big Lebowski role, and then the reason why he got Fargo is because they told him to shut the fuck up so many times. <laughs> oh, Big <dude>. Lebowski, <laughs> he got shut the fuck, fuck up, Donnie. Donnie. <laughs> you're out of your fucking you're element. Like, you're, like a, you're like a kid that comes in halfway through the fucking story. <laughs> but they told, but they had John Goodman tell him to shut the fuck up so many times. So when they did Fargo, they were just like, "Hey, just let loose." We told you to shut up so many times in the last movie. Just let loose. So he goes on these fucking. And tirades in Fargo, <laughs> it's just. Fu- it's but it, that's per- that was a, a really great part of the movie, though. Yeah, was was him just like talking and this uncomfortable carrying around this assassin, right? Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. And him just trying to be friends with this guy, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, like his whole job is to just ferry this killer around. He's just like just trying to, you know. Be buddy buddy with him. <laughs> I'm really getting sick of the silent treatment out of you, man. Like, how are you going to talk to this contract killer like that? Absolutely brilliant, though. Really good shit. Really good shit. I'm going to interrupt our program for a moment. Uh oh. We have a new segment that we're going to start. Fuck. <laughs> it's called. It's called things that Shane Presley texts me during the show. Oh, oh. is Shane listening right now? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> What's up, buddy? All right, so uh, a few more show announcements. Uh, January 15th, uh, that he reminds me on. January 15th, dead format, Amethyst, the Richters at Blueberry Hill. Also January 15th, Sleepaway, and shots fired at Red Flag, and Sleepaway is a great new band and that he introduced me to, so thank you, Shane. And also, uh, he updated us on the discrepancies question 
and uh, January 30th discrepancies at Pops with non-point. Yeah, sounds about right. For Shane Presley. So that's, and you know, you know, it's made 60% out of Shane Presley, so you know it's good. Uh, did Shane update you on the apology? No. Oh, I have it. I have it. Uh, inside sources tell me that Matt Bachelor uh, will be formally apologizing to Shane and Rock Paper Podcast and then canceling his uh, podcast and moving what? to Canada. What? The Maybe we should get them both on the show and he Seriously. can apologize on my yeah. station. Let's, let's, yeah, we should have, <laughs> yes. that, have that happen here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Live I hear, on Beyond FM. Yeah, Matt Bachelor is already looking for uh, property in Canada uh, where he can live in disgrace. Um, <laughs> but the, I think there's only but a few, few providences that Matt is allowed to be in. Exactly. So it's tricky. Um, even though there's a lot of space up there, there's, you know, a lot of space he can't live there. Because he's um, been known to make fun of the French. Yes, uh, Matt Bachelor has a tendency to make fun of a lot of so things. The eastern know. part of Canada, he cannot live in. At okay, all. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. So I have an good authority that he will, um, he will finally end this national tragedy that's been the the feud between, you know, rock paper podcasts and whatever and the, whatever it, Matt's podcast. And it could be the cure called. for COVID. It, it well, it at least could start healing the wounds. Yes, you know what? At I least mean? healing our hearts. Yes. Uh, from the inside, yeah, yes. yeah. It would be it would be nice to move on from this war. I've just there's been so many casualties, and uh, I'm just ready for this yeah. to end. And it's it's hard when it you know it's people pick sides, and then it's brother against brother. You mm-hmm. know, it's yeah, whole, it's like the Civil War. Yeah, um, mostly in the sense that there is a right side and a wrong side. Um, obviously, Shane is like the Union Army in this scenario. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so. Um, not to make things too political, sorry about that, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm excited for it to be over, and uh, you know, good on Matt for finally making this right. Yeah, maybe the world can find peace now. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, we, he's he hasn't texted us yet, so <coughs> he, he may be in trouble. He, he maybe well, maybe he's texting Matt and and, and getting it set up already. Oh, uh, I think I think it's already in the works. Oh, okay. Um, like I said, uh, you know, as, as someone who, who has witnessed so much, I mean, we could do like almost like a pay-per-view special for this and give the proceeds to somebody. Well, see, Shane and I already challenged Matt to a tag team wrestling match uh, and he could bring whoever he wanted. And, um, I don't think it comes as a shock to anybody to know that he, uh, backed out, um, Matt or Shane and I even took a bunch of promotional photos for this. Oh uh, we we looked really ripped, by the way. Everyone yep. was super stoked on how <laughs> ripped we were. Um, but yeah, he he ended up bailing out. He's the only way he said he'd do it is if he could bring a sword. Um, and uh, you know, <laughs> that happened. Yeah, might be your phone. It could be my phone. Yeah, I'm sure all the. Uh, Basso files are coming out of the woodwork now to attack me, mm-hmm. attack my credibility. Uh-oh. Yeah, how dare I'm, you? I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about all three of them. Oh, what the Oh, wow. Man, time flies almost. Um, let's just talk about a little bit. I know I don't want to get too bitter because I know we talked before off you the air bitter? about getting bitter. No, man, I mean... I want to get better and I don't and because I, I can't 
because I have too many friends that I would piss off, and I don't like to piss people off. But um, how do you feel about the St. Louis music scene? (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. um... Because, I mean, um, a good friend of ours has brought up the fact lately that he seems a little bit bitter about things that are, I don't know, going on in St. Louis, and, and why can't we just all just be as one and just make it happen? So my experience, because, you know, I'm not from here, so it was interesting for me in my, um, you know, late 20s to move here, um, which St. Louis isn't really where I was planning on landing, um, but I had family stuff, um, and I grew up about two hours away from here. So I figured this would be a good spot to be until it all worked itself out. Mm -hmm. Um, And now I'm here, here. Uh, But it was really interesting for me because I'd get here and, you know, I talk about wanting to do music and stuff like that. And the responses I would get were mostly negative. Um, St. Louis has an incredible lot of talent. There's a ton of talent here. There's no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But this city hates itself in a way that I've never seen other cities. You know, like um, everyone wants to talk about like, um, you know, artists that have made it and then they leave, you know, and they don't claim this city. And at first I was like, yeah, that's fucked up. But now I kind of get it, dude. Like, um, you know, I had a lot more... uh, not friends, but a lot of, I had a lot more artist connections that wanted to fuck with me consistently before things started working out for me. Mm-hmm. And some of these same people, I've heard them talk about how, like, why buzz? Why, why does he get to have a career in music? You know, I should be doing that. And it's just like, well, then work. Yeah. You know what I mean? What, why are we looking at each other? You know, like, so especially I can speak for hip hop cause that's mostly what I work on. Right. Like, Atlanta, a lot of those dudes in Atlanta, they don't like each other, but they put each other on everything. They're trying to build. You, they put their, out most of the time, it seems like they're putting a lot of personal stuff to the side and trying to build so that they can make something happen. Here, uh, you know, with clients that I know, you know, they, you know, they'll get invited to do shows and stuff until they have, like, really good music. Then all of a sudden they're not invited anymore. Because they don't, you know, whoever's throwing the show doesn't want to get outdone. So I, I love this. I love the music scene, but I also just wish that people would quit infighting and just build. Because there's so much potential here, but it's just like every 10 seconds, somebody's kicking the legs out of underneath from somebody else and just making it hard for no reason. I understand. Um, on my end, <clears throat> not that it, you know, I mean, I've played in bands, but I, I would never claim that I, I'm a musician and I was going to make it, but <clears throat> I gave it a shot. But with the radio stuff, um, whenever I first started this, I mean, I kind of, I did my homework a lot to, um, and I'll, I'll say it out loud. I, I looked at agitate the airwaves and, yeah. and what they were doing. I looked at what Shane was doing, and I also looked at 
um, like the stuff they were doing at My City, My Music, and um, researched a couple other people that claim to have media for local St. Louis stuff and try to figure out why it didn't work and why it did. And, um, and a lot of them, I think the reason why it didn't work is because they were trying to make money or, or grasp for money and, or some sort of fame or something. I just wanted to be a part of shit. And, and, and when I first did it, I didn't even realize how good everything was. I mean, I knew a few bands around and, and stuff like that, but when I really dug into it and <clears throat> I'm like, man, all this stuff is, is great. And I mean, it could be something, but we know enough about the music business to know that my platform may be the furthest that you get, you know, unfortunately. Um, so there was a few that, that, criticized and I, and I know one even one person even just gave up because whenever I came in I had kind of I don't want to say more experience I mean I had kind of had credentials because I had been in radio and stuff before and yeah. I've made relationships with bands and plus I've played in bands so I know the experience of what they're all going through and for if I was still my 20 year old self and somebody like me, put my music on their station, you know, I would be ecstatic, you know. Yeah. Because I remember, because <laughs> the only thing back then was the local show on Sunday nights. It was three hours long, and we got played once. Yeah. And it was the last song, which I think was like either midnight or one o'clock in the morning. But we were just like, like yeah, we got played on the right. point, you know, fuck yeah. yeah, you know, we're badass now. <laughs> I think we're the only ones that were listening because it was, you know, one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But still, so it's the it's the money part. But then another thing is, um, people just wanting to put their friends on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's incredible, incredible to me sometimes when I'm seeing these. Again, I have to mostly speak on hip hop because that's mostly what I work on, and that's mostly the scene I'm involved in. It's amazing when I see top ten rappers of St. Louis, and I don't know any of these people. Yeah. And then you go and listen to it, and you're like, I don't get it. And then you go and look at these photos, and you're like, oh, you guys are buddies. Like, you guys are friends. And you're not listening to anybody else but your own music and your friend's music, even if you're actually listening to it, you know. And that's another interesting thing. Like, um, there was a situation uh, beginning of last year where, uh, you know, honestly, you're probably not really doing it in the hip-hop scene if you don't have a diss track about you. And I do. And uh, it was... it was. You amazing. don't make it until people start talking shit on you. Basically. Yeah. And it was amazing to me that all, all these people that I know were reaching out and being like, oh, yeah, dude, this song's dope. And at first I'm like, do my friends hate me? And then it clicked. I'm like, no, they didn't even listen to the track. They just saw that he released a track on Facebook and they're like, oh, yeah, sounds good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they're not even paying attention. They're not even really listening to it. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I don't understand. Like I told you, there's a there's a client that I'm working with right now. His name's Chris J. And he has to be one of the best rappers in St. Louis. Like, he is so unique and talented. And he's a super nice dude to work with. But we only have, like, two mutual friends on Facebook. But he's been out here. Nelly almost picked him up at one point. 
you know, this dude is doing more than 90% of the St. Louis hip hop scene right now. And no one knows who he is. And that's just incredible to me. So I don't know. I've been asked a few times, like what could fix it? And I have no clue. Like, I literally don't know. There's something in the water here in St. Louis because uh, other places that I've lived haven't had specifically again with like the hip hop scene so much to write about. You know, St. Louis is one of the most segregated and racist cities I've ever been to. Well, and one thing and I, I pointed out before, too, is, you know, we get all this negative press that we're, you know, the Myrtle capital of, the of uh-huh. you know, the United States and all that. Yeah. Well, if we truly are, which, okay, you know, there is bad parts about this town, but if we're the murder capital world and all this shit's going on, there's some damn good music coming out of it, too. And there is. There yeah. is a ton of great music out of St. Louis. And it really is disheartening when, you know, I'm especially a lot of these younger rappers that I'm working with, you know, 18 to 24, 25. Mm-hmm. And I'll mention people that have been doing it here for the longest. I'll bring up someone like, oh, oh so do, have you heard of Tef Poe before? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, who's that? <laughs> and I'm like, are you fucking kidding yeah. me? You know, you're, you you claim that you know hip-hop and you know St. Louis, but you have no idea. That dude met the president of the United States. That dude has been on multiple magazine covers and released music with big hitters. Mm-hmm. And you have no clue who he is. And I don't think that that's like a metric to tell how talented an artist is, like by who you know. Yeah. But I just find it shocking. And so... You know, out of one side of people's mouths, they want to be like, oh, you know, everyone shits on St. Louis music. And then out of the other side of their mouth, they're like, I don't know any St. Louis artists. You know, and to me, it's, it's, there's a, that, those are two diametrically opposed yeah. statements. So St. Louis does not know how good St. Louis is. Yeah. Musically. But, I, but, and, and I think another issue is there's just not money here. I mean, this is a, this is a poor city. You know, like, um, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of people out here that are in a position to where they could find an artist and hear it and be like, I'm going to develop you outside of helping Mm. you with your tracks and stuff. I'm going to throw money at you like an investment. We don't really have that here. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? And, um, so it's just, it's, it's hard to know how to navigate this, you know, um, because, like I said, there's so much good music here. Like, discrepancies. You know, they're doing big fucking things. And, any like, most of the time when I'm talking to clients and I bring up, you know, bring them up or bring up ATG, they're, they have no clue who that is. You know? And I'm like, oh, it's not a big deal. Their last music video just hit three million streams. Yeah. But, you know, no big deal. They tour, like... All the time. No big deal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I don't know, man. St. Louis is a music city, but it's not a money city. And uh, unless something like that can be fixed, I don't really I don't really know what's going to happen. I know personally for me, and I hope this doesn't trigger all of my diehard St. Louis people, but I don't, I can't really see myself staying here for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Like, um, 
I like it, but there's just not, it just doesn't feel like the opportunities are there that I'd be looking for at this point in my career. I feel like I pretty much, this is probably as good as it's going to get for me in St. Louis. And mm-hmm. I'm not complaining with Fat Buddha and, and mm-hmm. Suburban Pro. Those are great places to be, but 99% of what I work on is some really uninspiring, you know, it's just not, it's not where I want to be. And on top of that, I mean, I want to work on more. Hey, if you're a rock and a metal band out there and you want to give me a <laughs> chance, please. You know, I, I can't believe that all I work on is hip hop. And, you know, I came up mixing rock and metal. Yeah. So I'm understanding where you're coming from on that because I'm working over at Y98 and KMOX and, you know, I'm getting like producing chances, but it's nothing. It's doesn't not what, f- it doesn't. It's not. It's I've. I'm spinning my wheels after like six years. Thank you. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. Just doing the same shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to sneak on air on Y98 to be able to get any air time because I want to be on air. And I'm trying to do news for like KMOX and they're just like, yeah, we'll take like, it under consideration. Run it up the flagpole, whatever. They're just, it's just feeding me more, more bullshit. The same thing they've been doing for six straight years. Yeah. And I don't know if I either... And I've told Tony this. I don't mm. know if I want to stay working there and just go out on my own and start producing for, like, myself. Like, because I can, I you know, I know how to edit podcasts. I know how to edit a lot of different things. And I want to create, like, more stuff for Tony and Beyond FM. That's why I'm getting my own studio set up. And I got the Roadcaster, all that kind of shit. And it's just a matter of finding the time. Am I just wasting my time working for a big radio corporate conglomerate umbrella and should I just go rogue and go by myself yeah, the only problem and like like he just said is that because you know I kind of I mean I didn't push myself hard enough to to say hey I'm a podcast producer I can do your production I can give you all the bells and whistles that you want you know bumpers and this and that I can guide you on making you uh, making a better show not that I am perfect but I'm a better producer than I am a host. I mean, I'll be honest with that. Oh, you're a pretty good host. Man. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, <clears throat> I'm a better, if I mean, if somebody handed me, you know, gave me a, a their dry show, you know, I, I could produce it and give them tips like, Hey, you could go into this segment by doing this and right. out of this segment by doing this, you know, and give them tips here and there. But like he said, there's no money in this town. Nobody wants to spend money. They want to do a podcast, but they don't want to really do a podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, they just want to do a dry one, just talk, and okay, and we're done. You know, I well, and it, it, it even that sort of mentality is even bleeding into like my recording process. Right? It's I'm I love YouTube. Don't get me wrong, but it is ruining hip hop. You know, I'll. Sitting, I'm you know sitting in a multi million dollar studio, mm-hmm. and this dude's spending hundreds of dollars to be there, and he pulls a beat off of YouTube that's garbage, <laughs> you know. And we go back there, and he records his verse, and before he's even fully entered the room, he's pulling up the next YouTube beat before I even have an opportunity to mix or anything, you know. It's it's you know sometimes I I like to. Um, think of it like I have to I have I I think I was where you were at a while ago where just the frustration was setting in and I had to find ways to kind of cope with that and one of the things I've had to realize is with some of these recording artists being at the studio is the fun part it's like going to Six Flags you know it's like um 
that's the cool part is being there and getting the photos of them in the booth and all that other stuff. But where the music goes doesn't really matter. The quality doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter if I get a lot of opportunity to like clean stuff up, identify problems. We re-record stuff, try new stuff out. You know, I had a session last week where we did eight tracks in four hours. Wow. Eight, eight songs in four hours. And it just, um, there's a part that where I just have to disconnect my creative wants and my aspirations and just realize that I'm basically doing an hourly job. You know, sure beats bartending is what I have to remind myself a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but it, yeah, I mean, it's not what I thought it was going to be. Uh, and, and that's okay. You know, um, you know, maybe in five years, uh, you know, I have Fat Buddha, which is one of the most prestigious, you know, recording studios in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. You know, after a couple of years there, I can use that on my resume and go almost anywhere. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of trying to look at this like a long game and not take every bad session personally. You know what I mean? Um, Just remind myself that there's nothing else that I'd want to do. I'm just feeling burned out because of how uninspiring a lot of this feels sometimes. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with like how came like what was it a couple weeks ago? I got to actually do a small little tidbit on KMOX for St. Louis Talks one day. The next day I get to talk to Chris Pronger. Blues legend. Chris oh, cool. I don't know who that is. He only played for the Blues for like a number of years. I'm he's not like, a sports guy. He just, he's getting, he's getting <laughs> his At first, I thought you were being sarcastic. I don't know who that is. No, I just <laughs> don't know anything. I know I know Wayne Gretzky. Is he like Wayne Gretzky? He's Yeah, he's one the, he was one of the best defensemen in the, like, the mid-90s. Okay. So. Cool. But yeah, he. I got to talk to Pronger for a couple of minutes, and it was cool. But again, it just feels like I'm spinning my wheels with like just – you know, sitting there on Sunday morning from midnight to 7 a.m. producing for KMOX and having to sneak down to the other side, to the FM side, and be live. And I get these chances overnights, and now they're feeding me uh, chances to voice track Saturday nights from 7 to midnight. And it's like, cool, but this is not, you know, they're passing, they're, they're no, there's no openings they're for the FM side, so I'm kind of giving up hope on that. And then for the AM side, they're just like dangling this carrot in front of me and just like, yeah, keep going for it, keep going for it. And I'm like six years deep into this. Yeah, man. When does it? When is it enough? My 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 advice as an elderly person <laughs> to both of you because <laughs> I'm Dan, don't trust know, anybody. Over I walked me. away from many things in my life early from early age, um, music and radio, at, at both, and. It's you'll always have that itch if you just plain up walk away from it, and it's hard to get back to it, and you'll always want to get back to it. And I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, um, but you know what I'm saying. Like, don't just cut it off. No, find something. You know, just milk it for what it's worth. Considering a blessing right now, until you find something that's really going to make a difference in your life. That's all I'm saying. That's why I'm trying to do like voiceover work, and that's why I'm trying to get yeah. that studio set up. So, you know, a quote that has carried me through a lot of this because I mean, it, it, pursuing music in almost any form is kind of a pipe dream. Yes, you know what I mean. Um, which is not to say don't do it. You know what I mean. I think if if that's your drive, do it. But one of the, uh, one of the quotes that has always kind of like kept me going was a dead mouse quote where he said, um, it only took me 17 years to become an overnight success. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
And it's just, <laughs> it's that consistency thing. Consistency breeds credibility. And, you know, um, it's a rough patch. I might be frustrated. And uh, I don't think that's St. Louis's fault inherently. I think the industry on the whole is kind of in this weird spot. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, just, I, I, I'm not, I don't plan on quitting or going anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, as far as the, my job goes, I, you know, and maybe this will take me to a different city and things will feel different. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm still lucky. You're right. You know, I am fortunate and I'm lucky to be doing what I'm doing. So I really can't complain too much. Like you said, I mean, well, like I always say it, it, it beats cleaning toilets for a living. Yeah, I imagine. I don't like cleaning my toilet at home. No, I don't either. <laughs> Let alone strangers. That's why, I'm, that's why I have a girlfriend that cleans for a living, so she can take care of Oh, man, don't say that too loud, dude. Don't say that too loud. You're going to be cleaning the toilet a lot now. You shouldn't have said that. Better go invest in some of those rubber gloves, buddy. <laughs> She's got plenty of them. Uh, they don't fit your hands, though, so... Uh, uh, maybe they do. I don't maybe know. Maybe they do. She I could have know. really manly hands or he could have really small hands. Yeah. They're not they small, do. but they are kind of feminine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Is that for that Gorilla J comment earlier? Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm avenging my man over here. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get out of here. I appreciate you coming on, and you can feel free to come by anytime. Oh, this was a real, blast. Man. Yeah, I appreciate it. And, um, like I said off air, for those of you who work with Buzzkill, he's uh, he's going to be one of my uh, little birds watching for new talent and sending it over to me. Part of his duties. That's right. Now I got a new guy to hit up about my uh, issues with the roadcaster and shit. So, well, if you would have brought it today, we would have fixed it. Probably. We would have deemed that it was broken. Would have figured it out. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, if you're interested in a sound engineer, you can find me at Suburban Pro Studios or Fat Buddha Music Productions, whatever is your favorite flavor. Um, book me. He's very good. Very any good. any very any right. certain like oh, okay? Do you have your own personal like Spotify list that you've like made or anything like, that has no. all the tracks you produced or anything no. like that? Like, like people I'm lazy. Can, I'm lazy. To check out stuff. samples. No, I'm lazy about that. Um, I really should, but, uh, you know, I do stay pretty busy as it is. And um, a lot of my favorite clients to work with have been word of mouth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They've either, um, they know somebody that, uh, that uh, I've worked with or uh, they're familiar with one of my, you know, previous projects. And, um, yeah, so... Uh, just uh, come check me out. Maybe I should get get that going, and I'll I'll share it, share it with you. That'd be awesome. Cool. Yeah, we'll do that. All right, let's get out of here. We'll see. You. I don't know if we're having a show Thursday yet or not. I really don't know. We're kind of just easing into things. We're gonna try to be back here. At least maybe Patrick will be here next Monday. Just me? I don't know. It could be all of us. It know. could be just me and you. No we'll guess. just do all sports all night. <laughs> Oh, boy. That'll piss Jeff off. That'll piss Jeff off like no other. Great. It'll be you talking, me going, "Uh uh-huh. That's nice. That's very Kind of like how we were doing the show before. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I I would talk. I would go for a five-minute tangent on something, and Tony would be like, yeah, pretty much. That's cool. I don't know a thing about it. (laughs) Go sports ball. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I um I often like to you know like I, I go to Blueberry Hill a lot because I um I live out there, and uh, when sports are going on, I often like to like troll the people that are around me by just making up like random facts about the players <laughs> that aren't true. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I think my my sister used to do that same shit too. Yeah. So. You know that guy is really uh, like almost a pro knitting person, or I don't know what they're called, but. Uh, a crocheter. A crocheter. Yeah, back. He's back, a pro crocheter. Back in his college days, he mm. uh, held the Guinness World Records for most pickles eaten <laughs> in an hour. <laughs> you know, just just shit like that. You know, or um, I'll often ask what color we're rooting for. You know, <laughs> <laughs> who's your color, man? You ever watch, who's your, your color? You ever watch Zoolander? Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Who's winning the match? <laughs> State. I'm always like, now that is a, a robust group of, of young fellas there. I, I, <laughs> I really think this game is going to come down to who can put up the most amount of points. <laughs> That's great. Unless you're playing golf, then it's the least amount of points. That's one of the most depressing things to watch, too, because there's no one for them to really high-five when they do something good. You know what I mean? They yeah, the but the, then it. why don't they do that? Is the caddy too rolling? Because they're always unless, doing that fist pump on Unless it's own. Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is like the only person that like really bring their caddy, like, you know, like high five their caddy and stuff like that. Everybody else didn't really do that. They, they just like call them plebes and like spit on them. And <laughs> 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 you carry my bag. You can't, you can't do what I do. <laughs> There's just not enough Shooter McGavins in the world. Shooter yeah. Listen to what I say. <laughs> All right, this has been fun. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it's awesome. Plenty right. of Nick Cage quotes and yeah. Happy Gilmore quotes. <laughs> Go around. All right, we're out of here. We'll see you next week. Uh, don't forget that we are brought to you by Gaslight. We're brought to you by Rockstar Taco at Gaslight Lounge. Thank you, JB. Um, Thank you, Will. Yep. Uh, Shamrocks and, and Throttle What's America. Up, Kyle? Yep, and thanks to all of our friends, sponsors, and uh, supporters all over the um, greater Jefferson County. I don't know. I don't know where if we, our if main anybody, supporters are. If anybody has any suggestions on how to create some merch, like who to go to for merchandise. Actually, we have a few people. We have we a few people? Yes, that we don't have to pay like a bulk amount to have merch on hand. That's how it works. Well, I, I don't want to spend a bunch of money on merch anymore. I wouldn't mind. I'll fi- I'll start fitting the bill for it. I'll help out. Well, Patrick Booze may be going into the t-shirt business. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Okay, we'll, we'll look into that. Create some Beyond FM shirts and say, you know, what we need is some jerseys, man. Fuck oh, yes, that's fucking expensive, but it'd be cool as hell. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna start looking into that. Yeah, it'd be cool. And All I would. Right. I would. Li- I don't care if. Nobody else would rock it. I will rock it. Oh, I would rock it. I'm sure we get a few people be like, that's badass, man. Okay, cool. All right, let's get out of here. I started kicking some ideas around with that, so. Yeah, we talk. All right, we'll see you next week. I'm sure we'll have somebody cool and fun, and if not, it'll just be me. Miss you, Jeff and Jen. Singing acapella all night. That's all it is. All night long. All night long. All night. All right. Have a good night. Love you. Peace. Bye. Beyond FM, the best of everything STL. I say the future is ours. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it?
Everything STL. You're goddamn right. Beyond FM. What might have mattered once will never matter again. I lost a place in life. Don't know where to begin. Can't tell if I'm in the groove. Never stuck in a rut. Waiting too long. The doors are shut. Stuck in a bus. Without a king. With nothing to pray in front of me. Will never matter again I lost a place in life But it wouldn't begin The light will shatter And long ago Lost our thoughts You'll never know Now and then The flick is done The light of the young Things went so wrong Like horses in Upon a garbage truck The show that did It will stick There's no one left The girl left hand It's just a minute Can't wake up. The boss can't wake up. The boss can't 